Did you do comedy? Oh, yeah. Me too. It's actually like... Sorry, this is not the set I was going to do at all. But um, it's do it. I just started doing stand up at the beginning of the year, and it's really saved my life because no, that's a, well, that's maybe not so dramatic. But I basically stopped drinking and stopped doing all the other things except for weed. I mean, weed doesn't count, and occasionally mushrooms. That also doesn't count. <laughs> I mean, come on, <laughs> this is San Francisco, but. Um, but it's really great because you can go have an activity every single night and you don't have to drink at all. Like it's one of those things where you can laugh and have a great time and not drink. But as much as I like that, I really wish I was home with my vibrator. So, <laughs> but don't get the wrong idea, you perverts. I'm talking about my Theragun because I have, <laughs> I have been riding my bike up and down a lot of the hills in in the Bay Area, and it's very painful. And I realized that I need a boyfriend, um, or I guess I could have a girlfriend also. The only reason why I need one is because I really, it's very hard to get to your hamstrings with a Theragun. So it's like, it's just not the same. I need somebody to do it to me. But I definitely am not bringing that Theragun anywhere near this part of my body. For those of you listening, um, audio only, I'm pointing to my crotch. Uh, <laughs> Because it's basically, okay, and I need help on this one. When, okay, when the boxers do that thing, I know it's called speed bag, right? Do you know what I'm talking about? Because that's basically what a Theragun, if you tried to use it like a regular vibrator on your clit, it would literally be like a boxer. But what is the right verb for that? Like, do, are you speed bagging? Like, I, do you know what I mean? Or you're speed bagging. That's the proper, like... Like what, like if the boxer, if like the guy who trained Rocky was like, go over there and speed bag, like, is that how the term goes? Do you, okay, so it is speed bagging. Okay, so I'm not going to speed bag my clit with my Theragun because, <laughs> because that is very, that sounds very painful and my crotch has already suffered enough from spending so much time on a bike seat, which I think I've determined how the bike seat was invented. Um, it definitely was a pervy Victorian ornithologist. I'm convinced because it's basically like, you know, this, this like guy who is really into birds was so into birds that he's like, I want to sit on their face. But of course a bird beak, like teabagging, not speed bagging, but teabagging a bird is not really like, um, you know, most bird beaks are pretty small and I'm pretty sure the dodo probably had already gone extinct at this point. <laughs> so he's like, I'll make my own and stick it on a post and you know, shove it up against my crotch. And it's very uncomfortable. So, <laughs> so they basically, like, it really, the bicycle hasn't changed since it was originally invented. I mean, it started out as the, um, as the uh, penny farthing. Do you know what that is? Yes. And the, which is really, come on, that's really just a unicycle with a training wheel. I mean, and then they switched it over to the, the safety bike, which is what they call like the modern version of a bicycle because people would fall off of the penny farthing a lot. And when you're up five feet, you know, that could cause some definite damage. But basically technology really hasn't changed that much since then. The exception being that they have cut a hole in the middle of a bike seat. So to alleviate the pressure on your soft tissue, but I think it sounds great in theory, but it doesn't really work. I mean, I don't even know what that hole is called. It's either like the Grundle Gap 
the you know perineum passage maybe like the gooch gully i don't know the taint travas anyway but it's one of those things where in theory it seems like it would be great but i feel like unless you can actually stick your genitals and i'm talking about for both guys and girls right like if I mean, for me, if I would have to take off my bike shorts and like shove each of my labia lips in there, <laughs> like I'd have to, or it's basically like I'd be filing, you know? So, and then, but for guys, I mean, you know, like you'd have to stick your scrotum in there. And I just imagine it really is like teabagging. It'd be like, ah, because the hole goes like this, right? So, anyway, um, yeah. And I'm definitely not going to start biking around naked in San Francisco because. I reserve that for Burning Man only. So um, I'm definitely not. I think there's like those old dudes um, who walk around the Castro with their like penis and junk wrapped in a, like a little sequins cloth. But other than that, I think that nobody else should be sitting on their bike naked. So I I don't know if that's all my time, but I could keep going. <laughs> okay. Anyway, but yeah, the whole reason why I started biking so much is because I'm doing the AIDS life cycle, which if you're familiar with that, it's a ride from San Francisco down to LA and it's a total fucking scam because you have to pay, you have to pay $85 just to register for this. And then you have to raise $3,000. They call it a ticket to ride, like cute marketing slogan to try to trick people into thinking they've accomplished something. But basically to for the honor of dragging your ass down the length of california and sleeping in a tent every night and the whole reason why i really did this i mean yeah curing aids is like a noble cause blah 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 whatever but it's really because i have this ass that's you know i'm asian so my face is flat and my ass is even flatter and so i'm biking to try to get a booty but i don't know if it's working because Basically, the only way I'm getting a booty is when I put on those bike shorts and it looks like I'm wearing a poise pad that I took a dump in, which is not, that's not really the booty that I was looking for, but that's what I'm getting. So anyway, okay, that's it for me. <laughs> Thanks. Hillary Landon and her toddler baby booty. Yay. You should vest that ass like a toddler and put it with the poise pad duty booty. <laughs> Because you said at the beginning that you have an ass like a toddler and toddlers still wear diapers. So you've got like a duty booty, like a baby duty booty. With the, I mean, I don't know, the poise pad and the, po and the pooper. <laughs> I just, I'm just doing alliteration because it's fun. All right, um, the rest of our um, comics, it's so funny. I have no idea why nine comics who pre-signed aren't here yet. But we're going to let Lauren do her joke that she fucked up on. And uh, yeah, everybody, Lauren Grout, Yay! <laughs> Thank you, Pam. Thank you for bearing with me with this other room. Um, oh, thanks. Uh, why do we have to be afraid of God? Because God isn't God supposed to be all loving and caring? And if we respect God, certainly. Honor God, yes. But why do we have to be afraid of God? Because having fear in a relationship is just a recipe for disaster. Thou shalt have no other gods before me is fear. Oh shit, I shouldn't be reading this. Be afraid, mortal, be very afraid. What exactly does it mean before me when it says, thou shalt have no other gods before me? What does it mean? Does it mean like earlier? Does God like not get up until 10 o'clock in the morning and does no other gods before me? You're on your own. I don't know. And is God that insecure, thinking that we won't care? or we won't come back? 
God doesn't like us? I mean, I have, I'm a neurotic mess, and I have more confidence than that. <laughs> Thank you. That's the end of that one. Can I do one? Can I do a joke? Can I? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So where you're saying five? That's good. I like that. Thank you. I, I love thinking about what God does, and I have all the, I'm going to string together all my God jokes one day and have just like an hour on God. And Oh, yeah, then I'll have a church. Yes, question? That's a good question. Why, what is devil's lettuce? Oh, shit, should I know that? Oh, oh, is it? Uh. Yeah? I never heard that. Uh uh. Lettuce. <laughs> yes, I am. Yes. Yeah. Devil's lettuce. I'll remember that. I like that one. Um, I was going to just do a song. Um, yeah. I've never heard you do a song. Yeah, you have. Yeah. The OCD song. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was singing this song on my way here tonight. Perhaps you know it. I like to count things in my head because I have OCD. I like to drive myself insane and do so endlessly. You remember that Coca-Cola ad from the 70s? I like to teach the world to count and be obsessed like me, where everything has a number to count and sometimes it won't rhyme. Everybody, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Ladies only, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. OCD is the real thing, not Coca-Cola. <laughs> All right, thank you very much. Thanks, Tim. Yay! Yay! Lauren Kraut. Oh, you made it! You made it! Everybody put your hands together. She made it! Oh my gosh, your hair's all curly. It's cute. It's like you curled it today. Look at that. Everybody put your hands together for your next comedian, Denise Lee! haircut lady was like oh my gosh you can go out after this I was like I'm going home <laughs> after this um, cool okay let's see here we go um, okay cool so uh, my parents are so I was born in America but my parents are immigrants uh, so my parents are Buddhist Chinese immigrants and you know very grateful that they came to America right so that I could have civil rights like freedom of religion freedom of speech and then I started doing stand-up comedy, and they were like, not that much freedom of speech, you know? <laughs> like, reel it in a little bit. Um, okay, so that was that. Was that. Uh, I, uh, have you guys seen like those like big chunky shoes people wear basically like these basically <laughs> like 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 the like the shoes that look like uh, like white suburban dads from the 90s wear right so recently got a pair of those right and I have like this very fashionable fashionable friend and she came up to me and she was like oh you're trying to get shoes that look like Drake's right and I was like 
who's Drake? <laughs> I was like, does Drake also have plantar fasciitis? <laughs> like, that's why I got these. Maybe we have the same podiatrist or something, right? I don't know. Um, uh, I, I I do I do also really like the trend the fashion trend of like baggy jeans you know um, because it's really comfortable but my sister hates it like I got lunch with her earlier and she was like dude like those jeans make you look super sloppy and I was like we're in a waffle house. <laughs> And I was like, it is a miracle I'm wearing clothes, you know? Like, this is elite here. And she was like, no, 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 I just mean, you know, like, wearing, like, baggy jeans just makes your butt look flat. Like, you don't want your butt to look flat. It's super unflattering. And I was like, but my butt is flat, you know? Like, you can't just put on a pair of pants, like, turn, like, a slice of bread into, like, a dinner roll or something, right? It's not magic. Uh, I did start seeing a personal trainer recently uh, because I wanted to just become healthier, increase my self-esteem, turn my slice of bread into a dinner roll, you know, that kind of thing. I do not think it's going to work out. Our first session, my trainer was like, okay, we're going to have you lift heavy weights so you can look strong and intimidating so nobody fucks with you. And I was like, but I want to be fucked with, you know? I was like, that's the whole reason we're here. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to look intimidating. I want to look accessible. Like, the goal is to be low-hanging fruit, you know? That is that is what we're going for here. Uh, I, I'm excited because I think we're past the point of the year where people are still doing New Year's, New Year's resolutions, right? A couple months ago, like I had lunch with a friend, uh, one of those friends who wanted to eat healthy. And when I asked if she wanted to get dessert, she was like, no, like, do you know what artificial sugar does to your body? It's super unhealthy. And I was like, yeah, okay. But we just did cocaine in the bathroom, <laughs> you know, like that was the appetizer. Like, I think sugar is fine here. I didn't actually do cocaine. I did watch her do it, like a sad-ass episode of Euphoria. But I think, like, generally, I just don't have the vibe of someone who regularly partakes in drug usage, you know? Like, I don't think anyone's that surprised. Um, but, uh, like, the last time I took a weed edible, it just made me get really high and want to file my taxes without using TurboTax, you know? I was like, oh, I can do anything. I got pen and paper. Who cares? Apparently, the IRS does, so things are great. Um, I'll leave you guys with this. Uh, I work in an office job and it's a lot more drama than you would think, right? Like uh, recently I got reported to HR. That was fun. Uh, I got reported for saying the word guys in meetings like, hey guys. Apparently the word guys is uh, gendered and exclusionary. And so I'm doing my best now trying to be more gender neutral and supportive of my colleagues in meetings. So lately I've been going into meetings and just saying, good morning, assholes. <laughs> you know, like everyone has one. It's very gender neutral. Okay, I've been Denise. Thank you so much. Yay, Denise. All right, your next comedian just showed up. I saw him outside. Clap your hands together for a JD. Yay. Damn, do you have like camera set up? How did you see me? Oh damn. Okay. I'm glad they I'm glad they see me. I'm did not prepare for this. I'm so sorry. Uh it's all good. How are you guys doing? You guys having a good good night? 
Um, I'm having a pretty good year. Yeah, I've been uh, been cooking a little bit more. I've been uh, using MSG also. So if you guys don't just want to stop Asian hate, you want to spread some Asian love, start cooking with MSG. Shit is delicious. So good. Uh, it turns out MSG just sends her, mmm. So good. Yeah, yeah. I feel like everybody's seen me do that bit like a hundred times. It's, so, it's such a, it's great for my throat. It's, it's, I got a very congested throat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking fire, right? It's delicious. Every single time I do that bit, like every, all the Asian people in the crowd, crowd are like nodding and all the white people are like, oh, can I laugh? But, uh, yeah, I mean, MSG was rumored to like cause cancer, right? And like, I don't know if you know this, but turmeric actually prevents cancer. Right, but turmeric actually like tastes like cancer. It's so bad, but like MSG like tastes like meat. So I just eat ass now. This is all very confusing, you know. Sprinkle a little bit of turmeric on it, you know. Pre pre game with some MSG, we're good to go. Yeah, uh, I am Asian, which is it is cool. But uh, I also realized that I don't really think Indian people need to be grateful for like roles in movies anymore in Western movies because like. They pass this up on Lord of the Rings, and I'm like still a little buttered about that, right? That's like that's like casting mice for Ratatouille. Like, what the? You had the next best thing, right? I don't know. I don't know. Cause like if you think about it, the story is like a short hairy Indian man. Oh, sorry, short hairy man <laughs> traveling far and hiding precious gold from the government. Okay, that's straight up my dad's life story. Okay, this is straight plagiarism. Somebody needs to get like, come on. You guys wouldn't have watched like Harold and Kumar escape from Mordor. Come on, man. That would have been so nice. You just watched them like travel to Mount Doom, you know, and then struggle to leave Mount Doom because Sauron took their passports. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's way better, right? Lower the migrant workers. All right, moving on. Uh, I uh, I'm not gay. Uh, I know the earrings kind of threw you guys off a little bit, but uh, I think I have a gay uncle. Like. He, he, I don't think he, he's not out of the closet yet, but like he spends a lot of time in the paint section at fucking Walmart. So there's a few signs there. I don't know. I, I don't know. Very, very fond of the paint. But uh, yeah, I think he's gay, but like I, I, he's not a very sexual person, right? So I was like, I was, I'm kind of confused. But then it hit me, not his dick. It just hit me. It hit me like he's like a, a sprail, like conservative Indian man. So I, I would imagine he looks at gay sex a lot like we look at all us adults look at like ice cream trucks right because like if it like chases you down and like all the kids say it's okay then every now and then can't hurt right <laughs> give it a second i, I try to i try like, the bit's too fast i'm sorry uh i'm thinking about buying a gun but you guys are doing a solid job of making me reconsider that because uh, are we a second amendment crowd you guys like guns no for sure for sure buying a gun is scary though Right? I understand why people go to Walmart. It makes it way less real. But uh, do you guys know you can 3D print guns now? That's pretty fire. That's pretty cool, right? I think these guns are like great because it's great for suicide specifically, like for preventing it, because like it would never happen, right? Because like you'd be like, I want to kill myself. Like I've planned to kill myself, but I can't find the last two screws. So I guess I'll just do it tomorrow. Yeah, guns are like IKEA furniture now. That's fine. But I also think this is like how we get like the first Asian school shooter right basically that's that's the whole reason we got 3d printed guns i mean I, I can't think of another reason right it's like oh my god alex lee where did you get that gun it's like don't worry i just made it <laughs> <laughs> don't I, I brought all like oh fuck that up i'm smiling too much sorry guys you guys you guys are 
You guys are a good crowd. I appreciate it. And I'm gonna I'm gonna leave on that. Thank you. Have a nice night. A Your mic's a little sweaty. I'm sorry. Your next comedian just walked in the room. He's super funny. Uh, here, I'll do one joke just in between. Um, why can't Californians have guns? Because they're always triggered. Ah, put your hands together for your next comedian, John Gallagher. Thank you. I, uh, are you guys familiar with Anne Fong at all? Do you know who that is? So if you go around the mission over a couple streets, there's a, a billboard for a Vietnamese attorney named Anne Fong. Yeah, something goes wrong, you call Anne Fong. I mean, it's excellent. They're all over my neighborhood, and the other day I was walking around and I like uh, I was laughing because one of the, I don't know how this happened, but somebody in a, in a neighborhood in Oakland uh, put up two Anne Fong billboards directly across the street from each other. <laughs> Like, Anne Fong is looking directly into a mirror, having, like, an existential crisis, you know? Like, something's wrong. Call Anne Fong, you know? It's like, who do who does Anne Fong call? It's amazing. It's like that. You ever hear a, a Pagliacci? You ever hear that, that saying? You guys know what that is? That's a, yeah, that's the one about, uh, so it's the saying about the, the man, he's really depressed. He goes to the doctor, right? And the doctor's like, he's like, I'm, I'm depressed, doctor. I'm going to kill myself. What do I do? All he lists all the shit that's wrong in his life. And the doctor goes, we got to go see the great clown Pagliacci. He's hilarious. He's like, and then the guy cries. He goes, I'm Pagliacci, you know? It's like that billboard's like that, but with a Vietnamese attorney, you know? It just makes you, makes you really think. What does Anne Fong get up to? I uh, saw the Batman. I liked it. It was long. Three hours long. Batman, uh, they have to keep making him grittier, right? Like, eventually, because they have to keep making him darker. That's what they do every time. Like, you walk in this theater, it's like, this is the darkest one you've ever seen. It's like, Bruce Wayne was fingered this time. You're like, oh, God, what? No. And that's, and that's not what happened. I had a couple comics going, like, thanks for spoiling it. Do you think, you think Batman was fingered to start this PG-13 franchise? I'm not spoiling this movie for you. Yeah, I know. Some people, some people thought that was real. Can you believe that? They thought that Bruce Wayne was molested. He's not in this movie. It's a joke. I was, okay. Anyway, the world keeps turning. Uh, but so anyway, fucking, uh, they have to make all the vil- villains easier to, or evil too. Because like the Joker, Heath Ledger's was super evil. So they have the Riddler this time. And the Riddler is like just a man that asks annoying questions, you know? He's not that gritty. He's just an annoying person. He has the same power as like a five-year-old. You know what I mean? He's just like, figure this out. You're like, shut the fuck up. Shut up. Go to prison, you idiot! You're so annoying to me. And that's what he does. And then, like, uh, the thing I was laughing about is, in this movie, uh, there's a scene. This doesn't, this doesn't ruin anything. Like, there's a scene where the Riddler's in a coffee shop, and the camera zooms into the coffee cup, and you see that the Riddler has drawn little foam art of a question mark. You know, because you're like, oh my god, this dude's so fucking evil. He learned how to make a question mark in foam? How fucking diabolical is this guy? I mean, we've seen psycho killers, but this guy took a Starbucks barista job to kill everyone in Gotham? What a fucking psychotic motherfucker, dude. And you're sitting there, like, all the, I don't know, there's all the things about Starbucks workers, like, organizing. You're like, oh, that's why. That's the real issue, right? Nothing worse than a, a billionaire hating organized labor. That's why Bruce Wayne really doesn't like this guy. His coffee job. It's just a little thought I had. Uh, fucking, uh, <laughs> yeah, man, something worth thinking about, dude. Does it blow your mind, man? What a fucking... I don't have too much other stuff to think about, man. I just got here in a little rush. Sorry. 
I uh, I live in I live uh, by a lake, and people are like, "That's cool," and I'm like, "It's in Oakland." And they're like, "Oh, I'm sorry." <laughs> That's good. It's Lake Merritt. It's beautiful. But I was walking past it, and this man, like on the side of the lake, just goes, "Hmm, looks like your skateboarding days are over." <laughs> I'm like, this this day was good, and now it's bad. <laughs> anyway, guys, thank you. John Gallagher, everyone. We've got three comics left. They all just walked in the door. Clap your hands together for your next comedian, Kelly Evans. Hey, everybody. How's it going? What's going on? Put that on record. What's up? You guys uh, do drugs? Everybody have done them? Well, yeah, right? Fuck yeah. Ooh, yeah. Fucking drugs. Yeah. Ah, don't do them. They're bad. I did heroin. Okay, let's start off strong, shall we? Just kidding. It was Oxycontin. It was not as bad. It was... It was bad. It was probably pretty bad. You ever seen Scared Straight, the show Scared Straight, right? Where they like try to uh, uh, prevent delinquent teens from doing drugs. I could have used that, you know? It's like basically they take them to a prison uh, to be threatened by uh, grown felons and convicts with thinly veiled threats of butt-fucking, you know? <laughs> like, you know, that's what they're talking about. But they're not saying it, but they're saying it. You're like fucking grab my pocket i'm like all right we know what's happening anyway that's watching that show uh as a kid that's how i feel as an adult like when i see people doing drugs in the tenderloin because i'm like maybe i'll do heroin again and then i see some guy screaming into the abyss ah! i'm like i'm good i'm actually good i think i'm good on heroin now i <laughs> think this is the best scared straight program just moving to san francisco has <laughs> done it for me I was like, fuck, you got to walk everywhere, so you're super up close to it. <laughs> like, in Houston, I had to drive, so it was like, I just didn't see it until, you know, I was doing it. And now I'm like, oh, okay, I see what happens. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I'm from Texas. I'm from Houston, Texas, and uh, which means I have uh, I have city family and I have country family. And my country family, I always shock. It surprises me, like their point of view on things. Like I told my uh, cousin that I got vaccinated, and her response was, "You got vaccinated? Ain't you fancy?" <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> That's a weird way to respond to that news, you know? She. Also thinks the fact that I um, uh, know all the dates in the months, you know, like 30, 31. She refers to that as book learning. <laughs> I was like, what? Okay. You're fucking dumb. Holy shit. Um, yeah. But it's not, it's serious. It's not as bad. Like, my uncle actually feels like the vaccine, like, is a threat. He is legitimately terrified about it. He's constantly trying to warn me. He was like, when I first got vaccinated, he's like, shouldn't have done that, boy. You shouldn't have done that. Yeah, I have it on good authority that uh, vaccine, they're trying to sterilize you, man. You fucking idiot. I'm like, what? Authority. You work at Home Depot. What the fuck? Is it Carl and Lumber? Is that who's cracking the case on mRNA right now? What the fuck are you? You are an idiot. You know what his fucking source was? His authority was a website called uh, wakeupsheeple.com. Was his... <laughs> It was like, it's Alex Jones approved. I'm like, why are we talking at all right now? And, uh, okay, I lied a little bit. That Actually, I made up that website. I did. That's not the actual name. It was a dumb enough website like that. Um, however, there is a wakeupsheeple.net, though. That is a real website. You should check it out. Uh, anyway, I don't have enough time to do the rest of that joke. So I'm just going to move on. Um, 
Yeah, his his argument against the vaccine was like, I am healthy. I don't need a vaccine, all right? I have God and exercise to keep me strong. I was like, you get winded going upstairs and you eat 12 pounds of beef a day. So you are not healthy. What the fuck are you talking about? What are those that stand like I that's how we eat in Texas that I didn't realize that was not normal to eat that much meat or food in general until I was like 22 and I was like, wait, you guys don't have to lie in the fetal position after lunch every time you guys don't have to fucking just be blinded by pain every meal. That's really all right. That's fucking you guys do it the way you want to, I guess. Anyway. All right. That's my time. Thank you very much. Have a great night. Kelly Evans, everyone. We've got two comics left. Don't get comedy pneumonia. Clap your hands together for Jason King. Give it up for Kelly Evans, everybody. Give it up for this room. Let's see. Kelly was talking about the vaccine, about people not wanting to take the vaccine. I don't write a joke about this, but I recently read an article about a man who took 90 vaccines. 90. Yeah, this guy needs to stop losing his card. Um, <laughs> if, 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 he, if he's like actually legitimately into it, I don't know why you do it now, because like, the vaccine is only like, like 37% effective. It's almost like he's in it for the side effects at this point, you know? Like the police dragged him out. He's like, no, I want to be sterile. <laughs> All right, let's see. What did I want to talk about? I, um, I was at a bar recently, and I saw a sign at the bar that said, strictly no elephants. Yeah, which uh, perplexed me quite a lot uh, because the word strictly implies that there was a more lenient elephant policy at some point in time. <laughs> Like, at some point in the past, you'd walk in with an elephant, and then the guy would be like, hey, I usually don't do this, but since this is a young adult pachyderm, I'll let it slide. <laughs> okay, cool. That's a weak joke. We'll try another one. Here we go. I, uh, apparently, there was an article that came out uh, that said that uh, driving high it has, like, no negligible change in, in like, people's safety. Um, I just want to know how they conducted that test. <laughs> you know, like they got a thousand people. They're like, here's some weed, go drive. <laughs> like, could you imagine if that ended up bad? Right? Like, they finished, like, hey, uh, here's a report. Out of a thousand drivers, deaths only amounted to 45,000. <laughs> All right, cool. That one's okay. I um, was watching Jerry Springer recently, um, and I watched this episode. You know, where this woman was yelling like, yeah, it's his kid, it's his kid, whatever, you know, like, and then all of a sudden, like, the dude rolls out, and he's in a wheelchair, and I was like, he's probably not the father, <laughs> right? And then they showed the kid on the screen, the kid was in a wheelchair, and I was like, definitely the father, <laughs> you know, unless this lady's, like, messing with a bunch of dudes in wheelchairs, and then they, like, test the wheelchair guy, right? They're like, you're a negative, right? He starts doing wheelies or whatever. <laughs> and then some guy, some guy pulls up and those, like, next level, like, uh, crutches, like, I told you, bitch. <laughs> okay, here we go. Um, I think one thing that's interesting is that if you say a word enough, it just ends up in the dictionary. So I was reading the Oxford Dictionary today because I was, like, on a work call and it was very boring. And... Uh, I saw the, the word amaze balls. 
Yeah, it even had etymology on it. It was like amazeballs, 21st century word derived from the word amazing and balls. <laughs> right? Apparently, they, they entered amazeballs into the dictionary in 2014 along with mansplaining, catfishing, and titties. Yeah. Yeah, that was my thing. I think I would think it was a bit delayed. D Titties is a bit delayed. I'm just excited for the 2022 words, you know? Because then you're going to see bureaucracy, burglary, and bussin'. I don't know if you know what bussin' is, but the etymology is bussin'. Hey, how's it going, Newman? It's going to be bussin', a uh, 21st century word often used to describe food that makes you want to bust your load. <laughs> All right. Fine. All right, that's good enough. I'm peacing out. Have a good day. Jason King! I've never heard the term bustin'. I mean bustin', like bustin' a nut, but bustin', like bu bustin' a nut. I see. Okay. Etymology. Good stuff. Your last comedian of the night. Put your hands together for Newman Shake. Yeah, let's go, guys. Um, anybody here microdose? Yeah, I, I like, I know, I, it depends on what I'm microdosing. Like, I love microdosing shrooms, acid, all that good stuff. But I've been microdosing sleep recently, and it's been a lot harder, you know? Microdose sleep today, and now I'm fucking here, so that's, that's cool. Um, I don't know, I, I'm very poor right now. Like, I'm at a point in my life where my answer to the question, do you want fries with that, has the potential to, like, ruin my credit score. Yeah, um, I don't know, man. I feel like you can tell how bad the economy is based on the age gap between a woman and her boyfriend. I feel like that takes a while for people to get. I don't know, maybe. Is it a good joke or is it just... I don't know. Um, I feel like women should use the period excuse more often. You know, because like, if me and you had periods, we would have used that like, all the time. Like Will Smith came out after the Oscars and said, you know what, I just had period cramps. He'd be a hero. I don't have a lot of Indian friends because I like to feel special about myself. Fuck you, Ajayna. <laughs> Not my friend. Um, but me and my token Indian friend, we were talking recently. And he was like, Newman, I want to get in touch with Indian culture and stuff. And I was like, yeah, man, you should go for it. And the next time I met him, he had an Indian accent. She didn't have before. That was a very new thing. And I don't know, man, it's weird. I feel like having an Indian accent to be part of Indian culture is like playing Mario Kart to be part of Italian culture. Like, that's not, that's not how that works. And um, I don't know, it, was, it kind of bugged me that he was talking like that, so I asked him why he was doing that. And he said he was starting a yoga class, and he wanted to seem authentic to white people. And honestly, that's just great marketing right there. Like, if Ajay wasn't here right now, I would be doing an Indian accent right now. I... I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but as an Indian person, Kumar from like the Harold and Kumar movies means a lot more to me than Kamala Harris. Like, like fuck the White House. I want to go to White Castle. Yeah. Um. I don't know what else do I want to talk about. I feel like astrology is getting out of hand right now. You know what I mean? Like my friend, she got a DUI recently, and her excuse was, "I'm just an Aries." <laughs> I look pretty sure an alcoholic. I don't know what sign that is, but it can't can't be good. I don't know. I feel like we're getting to a point where like astrology is going to be used like a legal defense. Like there are going to be people in court. Like you know what? My client killed eight people, but Mercury is in retrograde. 
He's a fire sign. That's just what happens, you know? I feel like Amelia Earhart is the worst feminist. You know what I mean? Like, she said she was going to fly over the Atlantic, and then she just didn't. Do you know how much ammo that gives me as a guy? Like, every time my girlfriend gets too ambitious... I'm just kidding. I don't have a girlfriend, so... I don't know what else. Um... I was um I was watching that show Intervention recently and there was a there was a part in that show where this woman was like an addiction is technically de technically defined as when you do something so much you can't function normally anymore. It's like wow that is a stupid definition because babies are sober all the time they can't function normally. I think an addiction should be described as when you do something so much it becomes the most interesting thing about you. Like if you're at parties and you're being introduced like hey this is my friend the ketamine guy, then yeah you need help. All right, goodbye, guys. Newman Shake! All right, everybody, we did it! That's so great, and it's early enough that I still get to get another set, and it's late, so thank you all. Thank you to our two real audience people that have souls. These two guys are not comedians, they're just people. Thank you for being here all night. Uh, and to all the comedians who hung out and, and performed, and Lauren, you're always so amazingly supportive. Thanks, guys. Uh, we'll be back on Monday for Joke Workshop and tomorrow at 2 o'clock for Titans of Comedy at Atlas around the corner on 20th Street. Uh, bye! Yay! It's the bottom the horses wonder who you are. Listening to the Gates of Delirium. This is episode number 25. We're listening to Dick and Dance. We're listening to Dick and Dance, a neo gothic musical enterprise started in the 80s, blending all sorts of disparate musical elements. Into a lush tapestry. There it is. I get to say that again. A lush tapestry of sound. Once again, we'd like to thank Alfred's World of Trousers. Alfred has never trousered a man without trousering his soul. Alfred brings truth with every pair of trousers he sells. Alfred will set you on the straight and narrow answer your deepest existential questions. Rely on Alfred for the best in trousers and for the meaning of life. Free of charge.
do you think I really abused you? On reflection now, it doesn't matter. How can, can you say, you say I made you? Need to. Can't say it now. Can't say it now. It's all so there. It's my act as my calling. I stand my calling. Different ways of fighting. Different ways of never be even. Be the same. 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 As I came and went.
listening to Open Country Joy from Mahi Beachin Orchestra. The album Birds of Fire, 1974. We're going to continue with Soft Machine. This is Ban Ban Caliban. You're listening to Mutiny Radio.fm. Thank you. 
W-A-F-L-M-O-I-T, that's W-A-F-L-M-O-I-T. Every Sunday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard, we stream first here on MutinyRadio.fm. Yes, every Sunday, make a habit of it. 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, you listen to MutinyRadio.fm for L-W-A-A-F-L-M-O-I-T. It is also a podcast. (laughs) You know what? It stands for Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Right, Carl? Hi, Carl. Right. Hey, Mike. Right. What's up? W-L-A-F-L. Your drive time, DJ. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That acronym is also our podcast. So if you don't have time on Sundays to listen, you can listen Sunday night with our podcast description. And bonus, we're on the video on YouTube where you can watch us right now. At our not YouTube channel, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-I-T. We're going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube. We do this every week. You listen to our podcast. You watch the movie at the same time. Carl, what is the movie this week? Heart Bleeps. We will watch today Heart Bleeps 1981. It's one word. You go to your YouTube search engine and you put in heart, like boom, 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 boom. And then bleep, right. like I don't know what, like a curse word. No, like a robot bleeps. Beeps, beeps, beeps. I'm screwing up the audience. Heart beeps. Oh, I'm such a jerk. B-E-E-P-S. Heart, one word, heart, B-E-E-P-S, 1981. Sorry, audience. The channel language is Ishka. Ishka, I-S-H-K-A-H. Uh, Iska is hosting it and he has it like it's almost uh, part of a, a playlist. It's number 41, Heart Beeps, starring Andy Kaufman. And then in right. parentheses, 1981. Really excited. This is a film I've heard about since 1981. I never mm-hmm. had a chance to see this movie. So lucky us, huh? Yeah, probably because it yeah. bombed. And I, I want to give a shout out to my buddy uh, FM DeMarco. Uh, for his movie podcast, his movie Facebook page recommended this link and finally found a link to Heartbeeps. So, Heartbeeps. I, I, I follow his father on uh, AM. AM. Uh. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, you know what, old man? I listen to uh, I listen to FM tomorrow. I think it's something to say. AM tomorrow. So- That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> I remember right. it tomorrow. Wow, we are all over the place. So. Here's what we're going to do. We want you to go find that link that is course number 41.heartbeeps starring Andy Kaufman, 1981. And then go ahead, press the link, 
hit pause, move the timer to zero, zero, we should mention there's ads in this. Yes. So yes. when you hit it, there's probably going to be an ad, let the ad play, hit skip ad, and then hit pause when you get to the real meat of the movie. Rather short movie today. Uh, but once you get it paused and all ready and all set to go, heart beeping, when we say go, we want you to hit play and start the movie along with us so we can let us watch full length. Carl, we have a special comedian, celebrity comedian, to yes. do our celebrity comedian countdown. He's Take it calm. away, girl. Okay. Good evening, Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome! <laughs> All right. Why did you play that clip where you're playing that clip where you're playing that clip? Ronnie. Ronnie, what you doing? Listen, I'm recording my podcast. Would you do our countdown? Sure. All right. This is Johnny Watson. He's a big-time star. He was on Saturday Night Live. Uh, he was in, He's streaming right now on that John Lennon Netflix film. Um, he was... Uh, what? <laughs> he's, he's, he's in this new movie called Fly Guys that's coming out. He was the star of this documentary called Last in Class. Ladies and gentlemen, counting us down from three, it's Johnny Watson. Thank you. Three, two, one. Go. Wow. Thank you, Carl's friend on the phone. My name is Crime Buster. 00719. 00 This movie's all over the place. What's going on? We'll get to opening credits in a minute. It just starts in this awkward way. In media res. In the middle of shit. <laughs> in the middle of shit. Welcome to the movie. We got a hostage negotiation happening right now. You see the tree stump? It's threatening him. He's a cop. He's a robot cop. Crime buster. There must be a way I can mute this. Uh, yes. Uh, you can mute it. And it seems, is this a really talking movie, Carl? Yes, it's a very talky movie. Ron Gans is the voice of Crime Buster. And Ron, I didn't look you up. I was not impressed. <laughs> I'm so apologetic, Ron. Well, I, I recognize he's one of those, that guy's from Hollywood. You see that yeah. robot, you're like, oh, it's that guy. It's that guy. Well, that robot, Mike, it's really interesting. It's from the $6 million man. Um, it was just they retooled it. And to use it in the it was from an episode of the six million dollar man and they just you know put a few more bells and whistles on it i remember that's when steve austin taunted the other robots ha ha i got a penis <laughs> andy kaufman how many movies has andy kaufman been in zero right yeah he was um let's see here i have him right here yeah his name is val and we're getting to meet him right now he's a robot um, hardly any. He was all over TV. You see, he was in negotiations for a movie about Tony Clifton, but they didn't have confidence in him because they didn't know if he was a star or not. You know, he could do it. So they right. put him in this film as a test. Wow, what an expensive test. Yeah, yeah, $12 million. And that's like, this is what, early 80s money? Yeah, now they made two million one hundred and fifty-four thousand. It's like they lost ten million dollars on this film. Now here's Randy Quaid on the left. Well, yeah, on the left, uh, the big guy, the one with the yeah, mega hat. 
from, uh, I guess you could say he's uh, from National Lampoon's Vacation, right? That's how everyone knows yeah. him. I, I know him from tabloid newspapers from across the country in Canada ah. for, his, for his latest crazy antics. His, yeah, aunt, he, uh, he, his uncle is okay, but his antics is crazy, man. <laughs> and this is Kenneth McMillan. He's a character actor. You would know him from like Dune. And um, he always plays these like gruff, hostile characters. Uh, he was in Rhoda for years. He's a character actor. You'll know his face. Right now sure. we're looking at his ears. Now they just manufactured him and they're going to let him go or? Well, he's come in for repair. Something's wrong. He's got to get fixed. So they're just warehousing him until it's time man that makeup must be crazy yeah it is and the guy's like a award winner he didn't win an oscar but he was nominated he his his name is stan winston and sure. he, was, he lost the oscar to um american werewolf in london we can understand why he did right but, what a uh, year okay i got an ad going ad four three uh two. Why would you have something called Dan? Hey, Angelinos, don't tell me where I am. Stop specifying location. Skip ad. Sorry, that should be Denver. Skip ad. Is there a way I could skip the? Yeah, you could skip the ad. Skip the ad. I'm clicking skip ad. Oh, you know what? Yeah, I should get on the yeah, actual. Ah. There are a few. Ah. Hey, Bernadette Peters. Yeah. Now, who should his bunkmate be here? on a high shelf in a store in a warehouse but another model this model you see he's val he's valcom 17485 and he's like a stockbroker kind of like a commodities trader kind of robot i know and his Bert brother vic 20. <laughs> yeah vic valcom valcom 17485 we're going to call him val and she is Aquacom89045. Now, they didn't know about dot-coms at that point, right? Valcom right. and Aquacom. Must be computer, though. Which is it's what dot-com is. It isn't. Um, and she is like a, a robot for parties. And not for sex, but for like um, serving at pool parties mostly. But other social functions, too. Like serving tray and engaging in conversation hey have you checked out my bernadette peters bot <laughs> no that sounds really interesting oh bernadette peter bot uh, yeah if i had a bernadette peters bot i would have big plans for her she I would, would be... ask her about her human's career you know what was it like to be working with the robot probably can't answer because doesn't know what it's like to, to work with other humans Sigourney Weaver was offered this role to be Bernadette Peters' role, and she really wanted to do it. And her agent was like, come on, what are you, crazy? But it's Andy Kaufman. Ridiculous. It's a pretty a crazy premise. Actor, actress. <clears throat> What's that? It's a pretty crazy premise. I, I remember Alan Arquish. Oh, no shit. Yeah, he's the director. He did a bunch of cool movies. Don't we like one of his films? Go crazy or something? Go bananas? Well, there's Get Crazy in 1980. Get Crazy. Yeah, I like that one. 
Okay, I get it mixed up with going bananas. Engage and talk. Oh, all right, hang on. Uh, and we will hear Andy Kaufman. My designation is Aquacom. Aquacom. I am being custom reconditioned as a companion hostess that's for full-size parties and other social Yeah, and it's how she'll talk throughout. My observation concerning the I beauty do like the of sunset. the sunset. The sunset is pretty. Is yeah. The director did do a good okay, job. Now, this guy started with, like, with Roger Corman. What? What? No, no. Come on. Come on. Oh, I thought you were talking. Hang on. Well. By the time I unmute, I, I miss out. However. For the Calm series robots, charm increases desirability and is therefore valuable knowledge. I too am in the companion series. You hear it? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I want to hear more. I am Valcom 17485. Function? To okay, serve. I don't want to hear any more. Okay. Oh, wow, that is really annoying. Well, that's the movie. Great. But it's endearing and sweet. I mean, I've seen it a bunch of times with sound, and they're playing the nice music. John Williams did this music, by the way. Yeah. The producer who worked on this was also with John Williams on uh, in Close Encounters of the Third Kind, so they pulled him in. It's a really beautiful soundtrack, but, like, J John, that's like hitting it, fixing it with a hammer, you know? I mean, it's too, he's too good for this film. Well, Stan, Stan Winston is a pretty impressive special effects guy. And yeah. just by losing to Rick Baker that year, it just shows how crazy uh, competition was. But they're all like stellar people. This movie, like, I remember when it came out in the theaters and the ad campaign looked really weird. Yeah. Really you, you can't really say that for many films. The taglines are funny. Um, Meet a modern nuclear family unlike any other. Well, that's not funny. Um yeah, they're not funny. Okay. Excuse me. The other tagline is "Wanted." Be on the lookout for this gang of misfit robots. It's really actually not good tags at all, is it? Uh, well, I'll be on the lookout. People will be like, "Mike, that was a movie poster. You don't really have to look out for misfit <laughs> robots." Now, there will be a thunderstorm, and. During this thunderstorm, they will both be scared. In this movie, robots totally have emotions. Do they it's really? Anthony Quinn, should I get it? It's Anthony Quinn. I won't get it. Um, no, I don't. What was I saying? They have emotion in this. You'll see. Go ahead. Come on. Why don't you be? Don't be stingy on the mute this episode. Okay. Hang on. Just give me a second. I'm doing this old-fashioned style. I got to uh, manually do stuff. Okay. Okay, hang on. No, I want to hear it. Uh, yeah, you're just going to hear a thunderstorm, Mike. Yeah, I told you. <laughs> Give me a break. Wait, hang on. One... Old school, I have to manually click the button. Yeah, you have to manually. Yeah. It's old school. Looks... Man, I got to switch browser windows. Oh, you do? I... Yeah, I can't see you, Carl. I have. I want to see okay. you. That's okay. movie. I guess so. This is okay, some well, pretty cool. So now the storm is calming, so they're not being, you know, holding hands and being scared. 
but they like suddenly see they don't like each other like love or something like it will grow into that or now, aren't oh, they going to be future? trying to telegraph that uh oh yeah training oh, 007 spy bot <laughs> crime buster crime buster crime buster now, that I just tickles me pink that this is from a TV show with uh, and it's six million dollar man, right? This guy's great, Mike. Don't be stingy on the mute button with this guy. And don't do it now. Don't do it now. Throughout our film, be ready. By the time I press the button, they're going to talk. Now, is this James Coco? I is this uh, Paul Dooley? No. Um, Kill the kid. You know what? Okay, it's Barry Diamond. Oh, I know Barry Diamond. I didn't look him up. I He's looked up. like I'm not gonna say poor man's bobcat, but he was in a bachelor party as a crazy friend. Oh, uh, he's he's really funny. He's he was in National Lampoon's Class Reunion, which we saw back in the day. Yes, we did. And. Uh, he, it's it's so he's always a welcome presence. I, I, he, he's a, he did a bunch of comedy albums in the eighties. Rainbow. Pretty fascinating stuff. Yeah. He's like, what is the function of a rainbow? Are you it has a senses designed to pick up all the colors on the spectrum that the human eye can detect. Yes. He got to perform with Carol Kane too in Taxi. So he's, he's performed with Bernadette Peters and Carol Kane. Now, Bernadette Peters was all about Broadway. We think of her as a movie star because that's how we know right. her. But really, most all of her career was Broadway. And, of course, she was in The Jerk. And, you know, she was she was in a lot of films. Um, Pennies from Heaven, Annie. The, she was on Carol Burnett's show, The Muppet Show. She was in Silent Movie. But... Really, she won Tony Awards. She was nominated all the time. She was really a... I always associate her with uh, Mel Brooks movies, too. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Kimmy Schmidt, wasn't she the landlord on that show? I think so. Or no, that's probably Carol Kane. I got it mixed up. God damn it. I don't know who Carol Kane is. Can you believe that? She looks exactly like Bernadette Peters. Oh, here's Barry Diamond. Hang on. Let me manually click it. Now, this is a very delicate machine. It's not right to just oh, tell me what's Clayton. right. Speaking of right, I'm staying Randy. at this gorgeous hotel. I told the clerk, I got a leak in the sink. He said, go ahead. Customer's always right. <laughs> <laughs> Carl, that's my act. <laughs> I so, got a um, leak in my sink. Yeah, they underutilized uh, Randy Quaid here because he plays a straight guy the whole time. Which we've seen him do before, but he's really yeah, he's a always like a big actor. Bug. Yeah. Well, in the seventies, he was like a serious actor. One of those Cuckoo's Nest, The Last Detail. Yeah. The Last Detail for sure. I don't know if he was in Cuckoo's Nest. Well, don't so quote me you, on Cuckoo's Nest. Do you, do you think that, like National Lampoon movie, you know, Vacation, really suddenly now he's a comedic actor? Well, I mean, he also was on SNL like during that weird year as well. Yeah, that's right. Um, with Martin Short and... 
Harry Shearer, like they just oh uh, Anthony Hall, Michael Anthony Hall, and and Robert Downey Jr. wasn't it him? Yeah, they just stacked that show. Go ahead, go ahead. All right, all right. Click, hang on. Click, and he didn't hear the weasel. Oh, I miss. I just, yeah. I just got his punchline. Yeah. <laughs> Right, every bit where they the guy tells a joke, you, you start with the punchline, and that's not what the monkey said. And then everyone goes, uh. <laughs> "That's right, that's classic." That I, I remember that most. Like they they'd be at a um one time like the Flint, Flintstones got rich, they were having a cocktail party, and that was so <laughs> the monkey says. <laughs> the scene opens up with him telling finishing a joke. <laughs> yeah, it's all living. It's all living. <laughs> Oh no! Oh. oh, I'm clicking oh, skip back. Clicking Distant skip back. Mountains. I need to take a field trip with a highly intelligent companion okay, how to come help me no... collect, oh, store, and interpret data. I lack such a unit. So Barry <laughs> Diamond has a plan for these two? No. No, he's a third wheel. functioning unit. Are they robot small talking? No, Nothing he's proposing that they leave there and go. He wants to go out and gather data about lumber, which is what he trades in commodities. You see, so he thinks this will help his primary function, and he needs, he desires a unit to assist him with processing and interpretation of data. And she's like, "I am such a unit." Cute. Oh, wow, so they really met cute in this movie. Yeah, this movie is cute throughout the whole thing. That's a good way to explain it. And uh, this this wasn't a hit. This was a big bomb. And uh, Andy Kaufman, like, shot his own foot in a way because he didn't get... Uh, okay, I don't know. He didn't... This wasn't his baby. You know what I mean? They gave him the right. script. They put him in it. Um so it's a little unfair, but, uh, and also, look, they greenlighted his budget, not him, it's the director and the producer. They greenlighted the budget with under this mistake of R2-D2 and C-3PO are very popular with kids. Can you imagine, Carl? God damn it. Get me production. We need an R2-D2 movie in right. the pipelines now. What about this Kaufman kid? We've been looking to try him out. Yeah, Perfect. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You mean that Tony oh. Clifton pick? Do you I'm recognize so the character actor? I recognize the board game. Aren't they playing Hungry Hungry Finger Pointer? Mm hmm. That's Hungry Hungry Finger Pointer. <laughs> <laughs> Who left the fridge door open? Mike! I don't, rec I don't recognize any of them. What's up, Carl? He's saying, like, I got my wife the cleanup bot, and she loves it. I don't know. This truck and its contents might be valuable to us. Yeah, so let's just save us time it. and energy depreciation. Oh, man. These robots have gone bad. <laughs> yeah, they're breaking bad in, a, in the... Uh, that camper. Um, where is... Um, 
God damn it. What's his name? Catskill. Catskill model. Shecky? Shecky. I thought I made that name up. I didn't. Shecky's a real name. Shecky Green's like one of the world's most famous Catskills comedians. Oh, okay. Okay. I In uh, Life's Laugh Lessons, I named the guy Shecky, and nobody batted an eye. I didn't know I was paying homage. Yeah, that's right. You were. There was a Jewish humor magazine called Shecky Magazine for a while. <laughs> no, right now she's being a like kind of wife. She's like, my danger sense is. Why don't you reach? You know, could you reduce speed, please? Please check map. I don't need map, honey. Please right, check right. map. So it's like, what'd you do with the robots? They're not there. The fuck? So now Randy Quaid and, and um, gosh, his name's Max. Max okay. and Charlie. Stupid names. Um, oh, here. Here we go. Is that Ned Beatty? You two get pressure. And Good guess. Good guess. It. Look, Rob, trying to Don't look Rob and me, God. Damn it! It's Richard Stahl, oh, who we saw in Hopscotch. Right? Isn't he? Isn't he Arliss? Best known as Arliss. I don't think no. so. No. Well, he's I best the- known for Splash. He was the doctor in Splash. Gotcha. It's been a while since I've seen that movie. Run off and, and find, find us a no- unicorn. So it's like you guys gotta go, gotta leave the complex and go find them. They're in Colorado. They shot in Colorado. Now nice. it, it's warm in Colorado, so it really limited the time in which they could have the makeup on. It would start to melt's not the right word. It would start to go bad. Yeah, I mean it looks really restrictive. The the robot robot makeup looks cool. Don't get me wrong. Like I would love it looks to like have that. Robots. Yeah, totally. I don't know about the robot with the mouth open to the side. I feel uncomfortable being served food from it. <laughs> I think it'll be mocking me. <laughs> Crime Buster 007. No relation. To James Bond. I got that joke right. Oh, Carl, I watched this movie. Ip, I don't know if you're a fan of uh, Ip Man. But the fourth one, uh, Ip Man's in San Francisco in the 1950s. He's the guy who taught Bruce Lee there were no IP uh, addresses in the 1950s. Well, they have, they're in a military base and it's, it's a Chinese production and they have English in it. So the drill sergeant is like, bust your ass. And at one point he goes, put the banana in the tailpipe. Oh, really? From Eddie Murphy? Yeah. yeah, I think the movie was 2003, but the drill sergeant yells at them, banana in the tailpipe. <laughs> we're, like, not, we're not following any banana in the tailpipe. It sounds like the military is yelling that. God, I love it. It man, really good. So it man for the finale. Val ran us off the road, you know, because <laughs> you know, awkward right. He was driving crazy. And um now they gotta figure stuff out, you know. They're a little trapped. So they're in Colorado right now, even though it looks like they just shot somewhere. It looks like they shot in your backyard, girl. 
No, that looks, look at those pines. That looks right. like Colorado. Nice. You see that like cooling shade, even though it's hot as shit that the pines give? Yeah. That's that kind of fort. Now, Barry Diamond was with them all the time? Yeah. He's the third He's the wheel. Best. Literally, okay, now, right? They've got all these spare parts. And now that the truck has crashed, they've got to carry him. And that's not efficient. Okay, and Val is efficient. So what he does is he and Bernadette Peters assemble a unit, a little robot with all their spare parts. And what this you know, becomes really yeah. is their child. Oh! Ah! 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 Skipad. Phew! Thank you. I, for a second, I wanted a beer. There he is. That's our kid. Kid bot. Right. Hello, you are listening to AM DeMarco. <laughs> my, your dad, dad, this is my show. Sorry, FM. Wow, there was a lot of shitty robots in the early 80s. I, I can't, these robots are not as bad as Disney's The Black Hole Robots. Oh, those were horrible. Those were like. Sam and Bob. Big. Yeah. Yeah. But this guy, you talk like this. Oh, I think there's a Christian analogy going through the black hole. <laughs> Shut up, Bob. That robot smoking a cigar. I think they only made one of him, and they said we should not make a second one. <laughs> he's a cat. He's a, he's the stand-up comedian. You can have him for the night. He's a cat skills model. Oh, I got you. A funny thing happened on the way to the. Yeah. Yeah. Humor processing now. Humorous, insert humorous, humorous story. Now, the person who really is going to end up loving his jokes is um, uh, the little guy. What's his name? How can I not remember what his name is? There was a lot of names I saw in the opening credits, like a lot of people I recognize. Phil, Phil. Okay, so I don't understand this, and I should have researched this. It says Jerry Garcia as Phil's voice. Can you believe that? Phil is a little... Um, How would that be possible? I, I, I think it's the possible. The director used to work when he was a kid at NYU. He used to work at the Fillmore East, and the Grateful Dead went in and out of there a lot. A lot of stars did. Sure. But... The, let me just look at this up and All right. at a cocktail party I was I do remember like when this movie came out, it's robots walking around in the forest. Yes, it is. There's something <laughs> weird about there's something weird about that. Like it's cool. Well, okay. As you know, robots run on electricity. So what hap happens? If you run out of electricity, ooh, ooh, I know. Teach, pick, pick me. Ooh, um, ooh. Spiegelman. Yes, it's pronounced Spiegelman, uh, Mister Goy. Uh, they, they don't robot. What? They don't robot. I don't know. Yeah, they stop robotting. <laughs> no mo. Nomo Roboto. Nomo. 
Nomo Gato, Mr. Gato. Nomo Robatos. Jerry Garcia, it is. It's the real Jerry Garcia. Now, there's, I guess still, there's a guy named Phil in The Grateful Dead. He's the other one. Oaks, isn't it? O-C-H, O-C-H-S, isn't that him? Phil no. Oaks. Or Weir, Weir, isn't it Weir? Yeah, uh, yeah it's, you're right. It's not Phil Weir. Maybe it's the it's drummer not. is. Huh. John Weir. Okay, oh, never no. mind. Do we have to talk to a deadhead now to figure this out? I blame marijuana. I should know the answers right at the tip of my tongue. Right. But you don't have any marijuana, so it's not. Oh, yes, I do. Oh, yes, I do. Nothing's registering. Nothing's registering because you have a. Yeah, it's great. It's a good contrast, Carl. You see, they're inhuman robots, and this is nature. Now, she's a character. I I don't know. Her name's Kathleen Freeman, and uh, she was in vaudeville. You see her on the left there? Yeah. She was like with Jerry Lewis in 11 films, like a, being a, like a foil. That's sure. Her. She was in the Blues Brothers. They called her the Penguin. She was... Uh, right, she was the nun. Right. You know, and she was in the new Dragnet and Naked Gun, 33 and a third. And she had cameos in Gremlins. And she she's a big deal. Yeah, they got they got a ringer in this movie called the Big Guns. They're calling. Uh, they're calling for Phil. They're looking for Phil. He has. He is lost. Phil unit. Phil calm. Phil calm. Ray's last name is calm. I might be wrong. Their last name is calm. I is Phil there. Two bar. Yeah. Fill there. Fill my pockets. Hang on. Let me check. <laughs> fill there. Fill. Fill my pockets. Now that nobody named that name. My pockets. Okay. So they're looking. Okay. Wait till you see her. There's her face. You know her now? Yeah, of course. She's in like, uh, I know her from Jerry Lewis movies. I've, I've seen her. <laughs> Ladies, man. No, but in the, I got to tell you, Mike, I watched. That's not really true. I took a look at some clips. I watched right. um, her in those Jerry Lewis films, and uh, she's a young person. She does not look like that. She, she was in a bunch of those movies, but she, I know who you're yeah, talking about. I recognize her. Well, let's see uh, here. Wow, they found the uh, cigarette lighter. I was born a cigarette lighter, and now I am sentient. Bleep blorp. <laughs> So they've already started a nuclear family. Yeah, that's our tag. Terrible tag. Now, this didn't get any Razzies, but the um, 1981 Stinkers Bad Movie Awards really favored them. Um, Wait a minute. The 1981 Stinker Awards? Were they like Razzies? It's all nominations. This film didn't win any categories. But it was nominated worst picture, worst screenplay, screenplay, most painfully unfunny comedy, worst actor wow. was Andy Kaufman. Most was he bad in this movie? Accent. Wow, he won the 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 Covenant and Notorious Worst Accent Award from the Stinkers. No, no, just nominated, and it's the Stinkers, uh, the Stinkers Bad Movie Awards. Look, oh, 
the Razzies won. The Razzies have legs. They're still with us today. The Razzies are the VHS of uh, Betamax competitors. Bingo. Gotcha. Uh, stinkers, you left us too soon. <laughs> Just when Megaforce was coming out, too. Huh? Guys, you blew it. Crawl is coming out next year. You All blew right. it, stinkers. You blew it, stinkers. Had you been around for a couple more years, could have done more movies. <laughs> I can see the makeup, you know, melting. It must have been it a smoke. Do you think it's like, do you feel like as an audience member looking at their makeup, you feel like kind of sorry for them? Like it's distracting? Like, yeah, My, they must be no, a lot of pain. I never am sympathetic with you. You're always looking at the plight of the actor. Like, oh sure. my God, they made them do this. They're uh -huh. mud wrestling. I never emphasize. Oh, These are movie stars. They should earn their money. Listen, Eddie Deason's roommate was not a movie star. He was just supposed to show up to Bugsy's girl. He did That's not know true. he was going to be mud wrestled. That is true. You you yeah. you got me there. Got you there. There's other ones about that film too that were you know the guy getting hung upside down and yeah yeah. But but this is a twelve million dollar budget. It's Bernadette Peters. I do not feel bad that some makeup is caking on her face. They yeah, I mean they spent a lot on this makeup too. God, I can't believe they said robots are hot. Make me a <laughs> robot movie. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what they did from three people, three P. Uh, so right now, what's happening? Just like Val made the dumb decision, I am in full control of this vehicle. He's like, I will reason with the bear, right? So he goes in there, say, look and at my non-threatening manner, bear. We would like to share your cave. <laughs> are you wow. damaged yeah a hurt, little hurt pride lost his bow tie uh, no he gave it to Phil that was a locator unit so now if Phil gets lost again I, I should have mentioned he took off his bow tie which was his locator unit and he put it on Phil I apologize for not realizing the plot bear because they love Phil. They're starting to, like, Phil is, in, Phil is not a unit that can protect himself. We must care for Phil. Oh, interesting. Interesting parody and satire of the, of the modern family. You know, it really is a cute film. Um, yeah. And I don't really think it deserved its bomb as much as you don't invest $12 million in this. I have to say the runtime is a little disconcerting. I mean, it's 87 minutes. Uh, yeah, well, they hated the first cut from this director, Alan Arkush. 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 Alan Arkush. Say it again. This, okay. This guy did rock and roll high school. Right. No, I know who he is. He's really funny. With the Ramones. <laughs> yeah. He's made uh, get, Go Crazy is a good movie. Uh, yeah, he's done some good ones. So it's kind of, you know, I'm not surprised to see he's the one who came up with this. He did Caddyshack, too. I don't know if that's a big deal. But he did El Elvis Meets Nixon in 97. And I think that was right. 
He did this called um, Shake, Rattle, and Rock for TV in 94. It was supposed to be the prequel to uh, Rock and Roll High School. So he was born in Jersey, and he went to school in Fort Lee. And when he was went to Ooh. high school in Fort Lee, the director, Alan Urkush, and when he went to, you know, he got inspired to make the film from his experiences in high school. He goes to NYU, and who is his professor and advisor? Martin Scorsese. Nice. I thought it was going to be Xavier, uh, Charles Xavier, but that's that's not bad either. Professor X. God, so dark. Uh, What's going on? He worked for Roger Corman, and then he had the opportunity to make rock, rock and Roll High School with the Ramones. And so Roger Corman was like, if you do a good job, you'll never have to work for me again. Because they're like, I think made it, you know. From what I understand, him and Joe Dante edited the trailers for New World Pictures for Gorman. That's exactly right. They made yeah. the trailers, those two. Yeah, and I, th I haven't seen Hollywood Boulevard, but they, they co-directed a movie early in their careers. Uh, I don't know if it's a, the stock footage of other movies or just like kids mm -hmm. driving up and down Hollywood Boulevard or what have you. But, now, uh, by the way... Catskill guy is telling jokes and, and, and Phil is loving it. And this, a bonding thing will happen between them. And when it comes to the energy and electricity crisis, it'll play out. Yeah, you like that, huh? I like it when you like things like that. Because when you're happy, I'm happy. I haven't been this happy since the time I bought a pet skunk. Oh, yeah? My wife said, where do you expect to keep it? I said, under our bed. She said, what about the smell? And I said... Just like I did. That's a great tag. <laughs> Once you get the punch sign, keep talking. <laughs> hey, hey, so what about the smell? I said, oh, don't worry about the skunk. He'll probably get just to the smell soon enough, but being a skunk under the bed and all. That's yeah, he's stepping on his punch. He really is. You're right. Yeah. He'll get used to it. You let the audience laugh, and then you go. Just like I did. Tag. Tag. Or I, I would recommend a tag of because the smell is actually not from the skunk, from the skunk, but it's the actual bed. I Let's listen you. now. Let's listen. Right. Let's listen. Manual click. I could have checked. Keep listening. Protect you. <laughs> I have already computed that fact. Keep listening. They get a kiss. They'll get interrupted, and it'll be a, one of the only funny scenes in this film when they're awkward. Ooh, you are finished with my shoulder. See if you can fix my pleasure center. <laughs> so Bernadette Peters is going to try to fix random impulses. Right, it must be broken. Strong impulses. Sorry to torture you, Mike. All right, you don't have to listen. No, no, let's get to the punchline. There's no... The punchline's coming a ways off. They're going to be all touching each other for a while. Uh, and then the skunk said, Don't worry about me. I just need to rest. Here, under the bed that was bought at Sealy Postropedic. <laughs> Second hand, hence the smell. <laughs> that I got used to as I step on the laughs. It's so funny when you keep talking, they they stop laughing so that they okay, they want to hear the next thing. So they stop right. 
it sucks when you stop your own laugh. You know what I'll do is that once I realize I did that, I'll explain the joke since I had their attention. <laughs> okay, watch this. Watch this. All right. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, ha. Oh, yes. You did not announce yourself. Data. We were only adjusting each other's exchanging gauges. data. Yes. I gave them a chance to turn themselves in. Uh oh, but did they? No. Zero, zero, no. Listen to this guy. Oh, he does say no. Gosh, no. It's too late. Uh oh, Robert Klein Hardware. Well, he was going. <laughs> he was going through like three or four examples. I gave them a chance to turn themselves in. Did they? No. It's almost like a Ted, Ted Knight or whatever. Uh huh. Oh yeah, and uh, Mary Tyler Moore. Too so, close for comfort. Yes. Um, I don't know. Alan, the director, said bad movies don't start out as bad movies. They start out as everybody working really hard, and then something happens, and they go bad. This guy's style was really slow, and everyone hated it on the set. He was like really, really slow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. Okay. Low-budget filmmaking, right? From his experience right. with Corman. Okay. In order to do a movie for a really defined budget, a small budget, you can't wing it. You've got to come up with a real plan because you have so little time, so few hours, and your resources are so limited. You have to know exactly what you're doing. One time he's making fun of Corman, and he goes, Corman would just say, I don't know if he's making fun of him. But he said, Corman said, exploitation pictures don't need plots. They need sensational things like girls shooting Filipinos out of trees. That works. I guess that's his Women in Cage movies. Women shooting Filipinos out of trees? He really said that? That's what, that's what Alan Arkush reports that Roger Jeez. Corman said to him once. Oh, when all right. Death Sport, he made $450 a week. When he did Hollywood Boulevard, he made $85 a week. Right. So crazy. Oh, Amazon. Crazy. Are but they he's a like boy. Yeah. Oh, I like his stuff. I, I mean, he's allowed to make a bad movie that is, happens to be heart bleeps, beeps. Well, he went on to do a fuckload of tv like a boatload of television yeah. and he got emmys and stuff but um uh crossing jordan that's his baby he was the producer and he made crossing jordan happen great here's he my idea episodes of moonlighting he got an emmy well just a nomination he directed 15 pilots and sold 10 blah 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 her la her last name is part of an expression I love it. What's it called? Fish out of water. Her last name is Water, see? And she works at an aquarium. <laughs> what are you what do, Are these the crossing pilots? Jordan. <laughs> yeah. Like, how did they come up with the idea of crossing Jordan? They're like, <laughs> what expression do you know that sounds like a first name? Ah, crossing Jordan? Yeah, all right. Yeah, it's right. There's like toughest nail private detective Susan. I didn't see Crossing Jordan. Jordan. I never saw it. Did you watch it? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. ever, I never crossed Jordan. I can't cross Jordan off my bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> Are they hiding his plants? 
Yeah, it's not funny. Well, it's the nature. The robots are taking nature back to them with them. Now they're scolding their kid to keep it down. It's really harsh parents. Oh, spotlight. Out of sight. The guy who did this movie, who wrote it, wrote Quigley Down Under. Is that interesting? That's with Tom Selleck? I never seen Quigley yeah. Down Under. Yeah. I If I did, I forgot it because it wasn't good. What part? Quigley or Australia? This is, what, what disappointed <laughs> you in that movie? <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, Christmas tree. Oh, Christmas tree. A lot of tinsel in those trees. But he did a lot with L.A. Law, this writer. So he did go on to have success, and he won an Emmy for it. And it's pronounced La 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 Law. La Law. La Law. Yeah, you don't pronounce the W. You drop it, right? La La. It's actually it's actually L A L A W. It's all an acronym. Okay, so now they're finally being confronted by cop robot. Crime Buster zero zero seven. Exactly. He doesn't believe they're Christmas trees. <laughs> this looks like me on December 24th trying to buy a tree from a lot. <laughs> yeah. For I don't what? care if there's a robot like, in there. Burn it? <laughs> <laughs> For what? Yeah. I've heard of a robot. You look like a... Christmas trees burn pretty quickly in the street. You put them on the sidewalk the way, and light it. We're missing lots of cats. Not that you should have the sound up, but we all throughout this film, there's lots of Catskill lines. They're rarely funny, but they can be occasionally. You know, I'm using that skunk joke in my act now. That joke stinks. Oh, but the, it's the bed that stinks. You thought it was a skunk, but actually. Uh. I baited you with the skunk smell, and then I switched it with the smell of the bed. Of the wife. Oh, you think it's the wife? That's misogynistic. Well, that's what he means. Just like, uh, he'll get used to it, just like I did. Doesn't oh, he mean his wife? Yeah. Oh, because his wife smells. Yeah. Okay, I'm still using it. Okay. I get all my jokes from Casco Robots. What was it, my wife? You know... My wife wanted to go on vacation to a place she'd never been before. And I said, how, how about, about Bermuda? Vacation? Oh, how about how Bermuda? About... <laughs> it's beautiful. We've never been, honey. Hey, yeah, that's would that kitchen. work? I'm, I'm going to an open mic tonight, should I? Would that work? Like no, everyone would expect you to say, the kitchen. The the problem about like taking jokes that everyone know and and changing it is that people are expecting you to say the original joke, right? And so then suddenly nope. you become this like you know, I don't know. I always try to swallow the punchline so I can get to my punchline. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I have a bit about guy who had a banana in his ear, and I said, "Excuse me, you have a banana in his ear," and then I yell, "You have a banana!" He goes, "I can't hear you. I have a banana in your ear." And then I have to, like, before the audience go, oh, that's the joke, I go, and then I said, to let them know there's more. Gotcha. You don't have a banana in your other ear, now do you, you smug piece of shit? Now, like, you can hear me with the other ear. 
what Crime Buster will do throughout the whole film is overreact, overexplode, over. There's a party going on. So, oh. Shouldn't he be like chasing Doctor Who or something? Exterminate. Nope. He's chasing the escaped robots from the. Um, okay. Does he look like, yeah. Now he looks we're like going a... to be in her environment. It is a party. Ooh. Okay. And we will have a cameo, a great cameo from Paul Bartel, just like we had the cameo when we watched Munchies. Now, well, Paul Bartel worked with Corman as director and actor, yes. writer. Yes. That's yes. why Yeah. And I'm sure that's why he was A, not in this Hollywood film as a character, and B, got a cameo. Let me throw you a bone. Was this a Roger Corman movie? No, no, not at all. This was a Hollywood movie that was $12 million in budget. It was, it was, it was Universal Pictures. See, what's who's that guy who's always his partner, Andy Kaufman? Like, they wanted to pitch, they wanted to do a to Tony Clifton movie. Uh, Bob Zamuka. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And so he went to, um, you know, they pitched it and they were like, ah, we don't know. I, I don't know if you could hold a film or whatever. Cause I mean, he was Andy Kaufman. You know what I mean? Um, sure. And so. Then they had this opportunity. This film was going to get done. And they said, hey, let's let's throw in Kaufman. Let's make this his vehicle and let's see if it'll work, if it'll fly. And it and it couldn't. Did not at all. Okay, let's listen. All right. Oh, hang on a sec. Carl. I didn't... How long? I don't know. How old are you? <laughs> There's Paul Bartel to the right. 